Well, praise the Lord. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson. I want to welcome you to our Romans teaching today live right here on my Pastor Curtis Facebook page. And in case you happen to miss it and you're scrolling across later and see it uh, and you'd rather not take up all your time on Facebook watching a video, you can go to our YouTube channel, which is Curtis Hutchinson 316. Everything we do here at Crossway Church is uploaded there. And uh, I'm excited uh, that we're able to do that, that people can go to the archives, not only there, but on the website, thecrosswaychurch.com. These teaching sessions of Romans and Galatians and all our worship services are uploaded to the YouTube channel, again, Curtis Hutchinson 316, and the website, thecrosswaychurch.com, which you can have access to our website on your smartphone. We have a, a church app, Crossway Church. You can watch live. You can see the archives. It's all there. You can donate from there. Praise God for that. Uh, this is our Romans teaching that we do every Monday morning and Thursday morning at 8.30 a.m. Central Time. Uh, right here on my Pastor Curtis Facebook page. So if you can, uh, stick your earbuds in if you're at work and get ready to listen. And uh, if you're listening to this sometime later, well, God bless you. And I know if you have an honest heart, a hungry heart for the things of God, the Holy Spirit will show you what's written in the Word and He'll reveal the truth to you. But before we dig in this morning, I've got three things here I want to mention. Taking up our cross sanctification and the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. These are three series that we've done. This taking up our cross is nine CD set. Sanctification is eight and the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus is 12 CDs. Any of those are $25 for a single pack of those, but you can get uh, uh, all three of them for uh, $60, which is a great benefit. If you want to order those, go to the website Click the donate button, put the amount in, tell us what you want. I want this, this, or this. Or if, I, if you want to donate for the month, uh, the weekly six Bibles that we send out to the inmates every week, put that on there. We'll get a Bible into the hand of the inmate because of your offering to the Lord for that. So these are some of the most awesome series out of the eight or nine series that we have. Uh, and I'm, I'm sharing that with you. Uh, because uh, the most important thing you'll ever know as a Christian is what it means to take up your cross. If you don't know that, then you can't even follow Jesus. And, and the word sanctification is, is something very, very unheard of in the church today. It is coming back, and it should be, but it's, it's very much unheard of. And, and, uh, and, and the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, it, that's such an important teaching uh, that it, the, these messages are not just something uh, that, that's opinionated. These are scriptural-based messages without our twist on it. It's the scriptures defining scriptures, pointing to Christ and what he did at Calvary. And only through that avenue are you and I going to be able to understand God's word, walk in the truth of God's word, and experience the liberty that God's word uh, offers us each and every day of our lives. Praise God for that. So, where we are today is part 6 of Romans chapter 5. And again, don't forget to pray for our uh, endeavor to plant a church in Wichita Falls, Texas. Uh, my son Andrew and I will be there tomorrow night at 7 p.m. and Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Andrew will be speaking Friday night at 7. I'll be ministering from 10 to lunch on Saturday morning at the Hampton Inn 
uh, at 4217 Kemp Boulevard there in Wichita Falls, Texas. So thank you for your prayers, and it takes about $600 a month to do that. And so I encourage you, go to that website, hit the donate button, say I want to help sow into that work. And God bless you and thank you for your help. Many, many more people are beginning to give toward the Bible ministry and the church plant ministry. And it, you know, if you have a heart to see people have a church in their town that's preaching the gospel in its righteous context, everything in the Word points to Jesus. And, and not all the flaked out stuff you see when you turn television on 99.9% of it. Listen. You want to sow into that. That's good ground. Praise God. So here we are today in Romans chapter 5, part 6, as I said. And we will start in uh, verse 6 and roll through a, th a few scriptures today. And I hope you get your pencil, your paper, and, and, and your Bibles and follow along with us because I believe God's got something to say to you, something to impart into your heart today. And I just believe that. Verse 6, for when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. And we talked about last week, in due time means the fullness of times, the right time. God sent his son to die for the ungodly. Who are the ungodly? Every man, woman that's ever been born, ungodly, born into sin. We're that way when we get here, sinners. Verse 7, for scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet Peradventure for a good man, some even would dare to die. And what he's saying here is that somebody might die for somebody good. Somebody might occasionally die for somebody righteous. It says, but God. Now, now, see, and, and I love that statement, but God. Because God's in a whole different arena outside the wisdom of men, outside even the, 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 the capacity to hold him in our minds. But God, watch this now commends his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us. Now I want you to think about that. Now, and, and, and folks who don't study the word will never get out of the word what they could be getting out of the word if they studied the word. God's told all his people to study the word. That's right. Not, not to, uh, you know, read, we don't read the word. I mean it's okay to read the Bible. Uh, but God has told us specifically to study the Word. You read the newspaper and, and it goes in the trash. But we're called to be students of the Word because we live by faith and faith comes by hearing the Word of God. If you're not studying the Word of God, you're not hearing the Word of God. And if you're not hearing the Word of God, I've got bad news for you. You're not living by faith. So we need to be in the Word. Now watch this. When the Bible says God commends, but God, outside the realm of what men might do, but God commends his love toward us. The word commends means demonstrates. He demonstrated his love before us. God didn't just through the ages tell us he loved us and do things here and there to, to show his kindness and compassion. No, God demonstrated his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were yet sinners. And the Bible will go on to tell us here in a verse or two, we'll read it. Enemies. We were enemies to God. Now, now I know some people say, well, I was never an enemy to God. Yes, you were. Sin is an enemy to God. And if we're living in it, 
That means we're at least, as Christians, at enmity with him. Think about that. Watch this now. I'm going to read this again. But God commends his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. Not when we did something right, not when we deserved it, but while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Think about that. We shall be saved from wrath through him. That's talking about the wrath that is to come or the wrath that could still be in our lives, the wrath that could come if we weren't his. Think Because everybody that's not a child of God, the wrath of God is against all their ungodliness and all their unrighteousness. Let's turn back to chapter 1, verse 18. The Bible says, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Now, now hold it for a minute. All the lost people, God's wrath, he's opposing them because to be lost is to be prideful. There's only one way to be humble and that's to come by faith in Christ to God through faith in what Christ did at Calvary for your sins. Outside of that, there's no humility. There may be well-mannered and, and politeness and the things, but, but there is no humility, and only humility gets grace, and we're saved by grace, so we must humble ourselves and believe that God sent His Son to show His love toward us, to save us from our sins, reconcile us to Him, even when we were enemies to God, even when we were uh, 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 sinners. Now, but, but let's, let's talk about this for a second today. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. That means if I, even as a Christian minister, am using God's word outside of its truthful context, that means that there can be nothing produced in my life but unrighteousness and ungodliness. It may not be a, a, a whiskey bottle. It may not be a... Uh, 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 drugs, it may not be this, that, but it is ungodliness is all. If my faith is in something other than Christ and Him crucified, then what's being produced in my life in the eyes of God, no matter if it has the whole community faked out or not, but in the eyes of God, it's ungodly, it's unrighteous, and that's because there, I'm being resisted. But, and that's because my faith is not right. I'm holding the truth in an unrighteous manner. Remember this, it's very important you write this down. It's very important you hold this. This will keep you from deception, from being seduced. This will remove you from ministry that you have planted yourself in that God didn't plant you in. Mark this down. Proverbs 8 and 8 says, All the words of my mouth are in righteousness. I say it all the time, and repetition is our best teacher. You need to understand that. All the words of my mouth are in righteousness. God tells us that in Proverbs 8 and 8. The righteousness of God is only revealed in the gospel, Romans 1, 16 and 17. As we go from faith in the gospel to faith in the gospel, not faith in this and faith in our faith must be in the sacrifice of Christ before we can legitimately have it placed in the Word of God and hold God's Word in its righteous context. 
We're not holding God's truth in its righteous context if our faith is not being held and maintained by us in the cross of Christ. Because only through the cross comes grace that brings righteousness. Think about that. You need to know that. You need to understand that, my friend. Outside of faith in the cross, there is no grace initially or daily. And if there is no grace, there is no righteousness. Galatians 2.21, I do not frustrate. That means set aside or deny the grace of God. For if righteousness come by the law, that means what I'm doing, then Christ died in vain. What's that scripture telling us? That grace and righteousness only comes by my faith in the death of Jesus, the cross of Christ. So here we have, back to uh, 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 sorry, Romans chapter 5, God commends his love, demonstrates his love, Toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, being now justified by his love, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. We were enemies. We were hostile toward God. There was a hostility there. God was resisting us. God could not accept us. And let me say this about the love of God today that God demonstrated, hear this, only at Calvary. The love of God can only be comprehended, accepted, imparted to through a faith that's in what he did to demonstrate his love. 1 John chapter uh, 4 verses 9 and 10. Let's turn over there right quick this morning so your eyes can hit it and you can mark it in your Bibles. You need to know this. 1 John 4, 9 and 10. In this was manifest the love of God toward us because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him, through faith in what he did at Calvary. Watch this. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Did you see that? Love, the love of God is tied to Calvary. The love of God is tied to Jesus. And what he did at the cross, he loved us so much, he gave himself for us. Amen. And that's the faith. Galatians 2.20 says, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life I live now, now, in this flesh, as a child of God, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Now, let me say this today, and I want you to get this today. If you don't look to Calvary for the love of God, for the demonstration of, of God, And you weren't there and you can't see Calvary today, but your faith in Jesus and what he did at the cross gives you the Holy Spirit paints a picture of that righteousness to you, that love to you. Listen, this is such a profound scripture to us. Romans 12, 17 says, He that speaks truth shows forth the righteousness of God. I want you to think about that. He that speaks truth, truth is a man named Jesus, and what he did at Calvary, because Jesus said when you know the truth, the truth will make you free, and you're only free when your faith is in what Jesus did at Calvary. Amen. So he that speaks truth shows forth the righteousness of God. Jesus coming and dying demonstrated, commended toward all people the love of God, that while we were yet sinners, while we were yet enemies, 
God commended his love toward us. God reconciled us through the death of his son is what verse 10 says. And I'm going to say, I'm going to talk about this for a few minutes. But see, and I hope you're doing more than just getting edified and feeling good when you hear these teachings that are truth and biblical. I hope you're allowing the Holy Spirit to impart this into your heart and you minister this when the time comes for those to hear this. This is what we need to be equipped with. When the Bible is being taught in the context of righteousness, which is Jesus and what he did at Calvary, that, my friend, allows you to be in the place of the last day's prophetic ministry that your sons and daughters are going to prophesy. All this false prophesying, the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. Revelation 19.10. Write that down. Go look it up. Don't ever forget it. All these people traveling all over the world, getting rich, uh, exploiting God's people with all these personal words and all this mess. Jesus, listen, the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. And so uh, that that's just the way it is. And, and unless we're prophesying of Jesus and what he accomplished at Calvary, there is absolutely no, no way to, to, to be a part of what God's doing today. We can even be using God's word, God's word, but but we won't we won't be using it, we'll be holding it out of its righteous context. You need to know that. Let me say this today. If you don't understand and if you don't look to what God did to demonstrate what great length God uh, went to to demonstrate his love and to impart his love to you, you could be, uh, you will, not could, you will spend your entire life trying to earn God's love. When God's already demonstrated, he's already commended it towards you. He's already offered it to you. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to try to earn God's love. Listen, all you've got to do is look to Calvary. Look at what God did while you were even a sinner, while you were lost. And if that's your state today, you're lost, you're undone, you're without God, You or maybe you were saved when you were a kid and you've been gone away from God for 20, 30 years, just been doing your own thing all wrapped up in Hollywood and its movies and the world's music and you've been so in tune with everything but God. Today, my friend, I want you to hear me. God's God wants you to see that his love is still towards you, but it's only towards you through Calvary. It's not towards you through anything. Anything else, we have to think that God loves us because I know God loves us because he loves us. He created us and he, 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 even while we were sinners, even while we were at enmity with him, enemies of God, he reconciled those of us who will place simple faith in what Jesus did at Calvary. Think about that. There was a hostility there. There was enmity there. All sin is a hatred toward God. No matter how we want, and you might think, oh, that's a little tough. And you say that because you don't understand how God sees sin. God sees sin in such an awful way that he had to send his son. He had to give up his son. He had to become a man and live among sinful flesh, the sinful flesh that he'd given everything to and made it good without any flaws, but we disobeyed him in the Garden of Eden and, and threw him out as the one with control and we gave control to the devil, <coughs> not knowing we were doing it. But when you, when you take... 
When you remove God's authority over you, you're giving it to someone else. And no one else is creator. No one else loves you like he does. No one else is the architect and the planner of your life. He puts you here. He alone holds the plan for your life. He alone uh, decided when you'd be here. And he alone will determine when you leave. He's God Almighty. And we have his word. Think about that. It's when we try to play God that we push God out of the way. And listen, I just want to remind you today that God has already demonstrated his love towards you. If you're waiting on God to give you some kind of sign, listen, don't do that. God's already given you his word that points to his son and what he did at Calvary so that he can impart his love to you. He, God says that he shed his love abroad in our hearts. Verse 5, back up a few verses. And hope makes not a shame because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. Us. Us are those who have believed in Christ and today continue to believe in Christ and what he did at Calvary. And I have to always say this because the church is in a, such a backslidden state. They don't want to hear the true prophetic message. They want to drive 200 miles and get a personal word that won't even be from God. The Bible teaches in Ezekiel chapters 13 and 14 that if we have idols in our hearts, and we do, if our faith is is not in the cross. It's because we're after something else. Listen, don't matter if you're ignorant of it or not. It don't matter. Listen, those that have idols in their hearts, those who have their faith in other things other than Christ and what he did at Calvary, they're living according to the lust of the flesh. And God says the, that, that the prophet they drive 200 miles to hear from is going to give them even a, a word to to to. to to go along with the with the lust of their flesh. It's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna keep them bound, and they're not gonna be able to find deliverance until they repent and come back to the way of the cross, the simple path of the righteous. Hallelujah. And I know man's wisdom says, Oh, we need more than the cross, we need more than that. Are you gonna stand before the Lamb of God and tell him we needed more than what he did at Calvary? I think not. So, uh, you know, you're going to have to just, and let me say this again. If you spend your entire life not understanding what happened at Calvary, and every fad that comes through town, every purpose-driven, every promise keepers, every government of 12, every word you speak, everything that comes along, the 21-day fast that you believe you're going to have the power, the presence, and the provision of God because you're doing something. You need to go back and read, read the letter to the Galatian church that says when they moved their faith from the cross, my friends, Christ could no longer affect them or profit them. They fall from grace. Grace is God at work and God only works in the truth. Psalms 33 and 4. You need to hear that. You need to know that. They, these teachings will help you hear God. He's been talking to you for a long time about coming out of that place where they're not preaching truth. Oh, they're using God's word. It is truth. But uh, God's word is only truth if it's in the context of the man who said, I am the truth. God's word is only light imparted to us if it's in the context of the man who said, I am the light of the world. God's word is bread for our souls if 
It's in the context of the man who said, I'm the bread that came from heaven outside of Christ. And I don't mean just because we got saved by Christ and now the word oh no, I mean every jot and every tittle is about Jesus. He said the scriptures are about him. Glory to God. For if when we were sinners, enemies I mean in verse 10, were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled we shall be saved by his life. We shall be saved by his life. Saved by his life. Saved from the wrath to come. But get this. You and I are our biggest enemies. You and I are our biggest enemies. The devil's been defeated. Yes, he roars as a lion. But if you know what happened at Calvary, that's all he'll be able to do in your life. <laughs> We're not fighting against sin. We're not saying no to sin. Sin's already been destroyed at Calvary. Jesus died, conquered, hallelujah, sin. He, he, he destroyed sin. He destroyed the enemy. And if you know what happened there, and that's where your faith remains, if you come back to Calvary, even though you've got carried away through the lust of your flesh and the false prophetic and the false apostolic and the paradigm shift and the new this and the new that and the, and the new phrase, if you you'll come back to simple faith in Christ, then you'll begin to experience, and you're not experiencing it right now if you're out there in that mess, you'll begin to experience again the love that God commended towards you. And I've got to say this today, most people won't listen anymore, most people will throw it out, but when their lives fall apart, God will remind them, you can't love God without true faith. If your faith is not in the cross, not only can your faith not be in the Word of God, but you can't love God. So we need to tell these preachers who keep telling folk, well, I know they love God, uh, but, but their faith is not in the cross. They've been carried away. I know they love God. Listen, you can't love God except by faith. And, and that faith has to be right or it won't work. Faith works. If it's true faith, it works. If it's false faith, it won't work. It won't allow you to worship God. You may go through the motions. You may cry tears. You, you may lift hands. But God is only worshipped in spirit and in truth. Truth is a man named Jesus and what he did at Calvary. If my faith is not in the cross of Christ, read the book of Galatians. I can remove myself from him. Chapter 1, verse 6. Chapter 5, verses 1 through 4. I can fall from grace. I can walk in a place, still go through through the motions and not have any effect or profit from Christ. That's in your Bible. You need to know that. If you move your faith to anything other than the cross, and it cannot be the cross and these gimmicks, these schemes, these things that exploit the people of God today. Listen, some of you watching me right now have moved away from a fire that burned long ago, and you're wondering in your heart, deep in your heart, why it's not like it used to be. And you need to know this. If once you move away from the cross, you'll never have the assurance the Holy Spirit gives. You may, you may have the assurance that somebody uh, has that they think what they're teaching is right. You may see people that are confident. You may even be confident, but you can be confidently wrong, sincerely wrong. You can have an assurance that's not right. Think about Jehoshaphat and Ahab who uh, gathered up and were going to fight and and. 
And Ahab had called 400 prophets. This is in 2 Chronicles 18. Ahab had called 400 prophets. They all told him that he could go into war. He could push Ramoth Gilead back till they were consumed and defeat them. And, and, and then Jehoshaphat said, well, I'll go with you, but I, let's, let's inquire of the Lord. And that's when he called the 400 prophets. And they told him, we've got all four of them in unison. You can do it. But then Jehoshaphat had a check in his spirit. He said, can, is there any more prophets? Is there, is, are we sure about this? There was a check. That's, that's really an example of the Holy Spirit dealing with Jehoshaphat, letting him know, you, you need to make sure of this. So they, and Ahab said, yeah, there's one more prophet, Micah, but he never prophesies anything but evil toward me. And so they brought him and he said, yep, you, the people of Israel are going to be scattered. They're going to be without a shepherd, letting them know Ahab ain't going to make it through this. And he was an evil king of idolatry, married to Jezebel, who was a, a witch and idolater to the umpth degree. And, and so, so he had one prophet, Micah, that told him, don't go. If you go, you won't be back. He had 400 prophets telling him, you've got this. One of them, uh, Zedekiah, even made a, br a brass set of horns and come in with a sign prophesying. Oh, like our prophets in today, church. Oh, they want to blow the shofar. They want to hold, they want to wear the, the cloak and put all they want to do, bring a sign in. Show them. He had these horns made of brass come in. Zedekiah said, you're going to push the enemy back until they're totally consumed. One prophet against 400. One prophet, Micah, said, you ain't going to make it. You're not going to be successful. It's not going to work. So Zedekiah got so mad, he slapped, he slapped Micah the prophet. They, they took him and had him put in prison, fed him the bread and waters of affliction. And, 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 and I'm telling you, and my point in saying this is there's no Holy Spirit assurance out, outside of faith in the cross. If you're trusting in anything other, there's always going to be a check in you, my friend. It may be the deepest part of your heart. If you're a child of God and it's not of God, there will always be that check in you even though you're going through the motions. Listen, Jehoshaphat, he, even though he wanted that extra confirming word after 400 prophets had told him to go, he was touched by the Holy Spirit, convicted, and, and wanted that one more confirming word. And it came, and, and Micah said, don't go. It's not going to work. Well, Jeho Je uh, Ahab told Jehoshaphat, uh, you wear your robes, your kingly robes. I'm going to dress in something different. Uh, that's already a problem with me right there. It's already Ahab showing, I'm not confident that this is going to work out today. 400 prophets against one, but that one was of God. Micah. But you know what? Jeho but because Ahab didn't have that assurance, he wouldn't wear his kingly robes so he could go out there and they wouldn't know who he is. Let me tell you something. You can run from God, but you can't hide. And God's going to show up in your life just like he might be doing in this broadcast today, letting you know that that check that's always been in the deepest part of your heart, you've been in that mess for years, that false prophetic. You've, you've watched people roll around under the chair. You've watched, and it's all been called a move of God. It's so far away. It's, it's, there's such a seduction. and a, There is a power there, but it's not of God. People will drive 200 miles across the country, fly from overseas to get a personal word, but they won't go across the street to hear a message that will conform them into the image of Christ and, to re and deliver them from the envy, the jealousy, the gossip, the strife, and all the things that are there that they're pretending God doesn't know about. 
Ahab ended up going on out into battle, dressed up as anything other than a king. And the Bible says a certain man just had just just adventure, just shot an arrow. You know, like there's a whole bunch of uh, people out there. I'm just going. I won't get one of them. Well, it just happened to pierce right between a place, and it got Ahab. My point in telling you that little story today is because the only place you'll ever have 110% assurance of God the Holy Ghost. Oh, I'm telling you, these are the only people who have it. I don't have a check in me today that there is anything I'm believing that's not right. When I see things that aren't right, I know they're not right because I know what's true and righteous today. Hallelujah. If you're not looking exclusively to the cross, you're seeing in a blurred fashion, my friend. That's all the time I've got. So I'll see you Thursday morning. I'm, I'm sorry, Monday morning at 8.30 a.m. God bless you. I love you. Till next time, stay determined to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified.